Hi, and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us online and remind you to feel free to visit our website at seacoastvineyard.com anytime for up-to-date information on our local church here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you would like to give financially to this ministry, whether that's a one-time gift or a recurring monthly gift, simply click on the Give tab at our website and give however God leads you. Now, we want you to enjoy this message from God's Word. So I'm positive I'm going to have that song stuck into my head the rest of the day. (laughs) It's that little kind of annoying whistle thing going on there. We are going to talk about positivity and optimism this morning, and Lord knows I need it. If you're anything like me, let me, let me just ask you this. How many of you think right now that the U.S. is just being overcome by this tidal wave of negativity? Anybody? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not alone. And, and I, God had to do something in me to be able to preach this this morning. I'll tell you what, because I need to hear this. It does not. Okay, my Twitter bio says... Um, Loving father and husband, you know, follower and disciple of Jesus Christ. But I get knocked off of that real quick on bypass 17. I'm going to school and somebody's going 49 and I'm, you know, about to be late. And so the next thing you know, I'm going to be late for class. The teacher is probably going to give a quiz and then I'm going to fail the quiz. And then, oh, then I'm going to fail the class. And then, oh, $40,000 of education down the drain. And, and then my wife's going to leave me and it's all over. It's just all over because somebody's going 49 on bypass, right? And I, and I think right now we are coming off of, what, two weekends of political contests in this state, right? Has anybody enjoyed that? <laughs> no, because I don't care if you're red or blue or which side of the aisle you're on. You are positively sure that this country is going to hell in a handbasket. And if that guy gets elected, he is going to take that handbasket, strap it to a rocket sled, and send us right into the eternal lake of fire. It's over. We're done. And, and, and it's so easy to get in this mindset where we're just dragging ourselves down and everything is terrible and everything is awful and the school systems just, the Chinese communists might have well just, you know, set up our school systems and oh, and don't even get me started on the economy and it's just awful out there. And I have this to say, buzzards and hummingbirds. Buzzards and hummingbirds. If you are a buzzard, what do you spend your day doing? You fly around looking down for dead, stinky things that you think are wonderful to eat. And that's how you spend your day, right? And how do you spend your day if you're a hummingbird? Buzzing around from flower to flower to find nice, sweet things, right? And you know what? Neither one of those two starve, do they? Neither one starves. And, the, and, and believe it or not, the Bible, I love this book, kind of confirms this kind of thinking. Proverbs 11 says this, that if you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. We're going to talk about optimism this morning, and some of you are optimists. You're that glass is half full kind of person. Some of you are probably pessimists. You're like, the glass is half empty. I know it. And then some of you do this. this is, if you're a smart aleck like me, you say this, 
Well, glass isn't half full or half empty. It just has four ounces of water in it. I'm a realist. I had a friend tell me, dude, you are not a realist. You are a pessimist who won't come out of the closet. And you know what that makes you? (laughs) That makes you a pessimist and a liar. I was like, ouch. (laughs) That kind of hurt. So uh, we're going to dive into this morning. Some of you are positive you won't like this because you're not positive thinking kind of people. You can't stand the idea of rose-colored glasses. You, You just every bit of this kind of preaching reminds you of that guy on television on Sunday mornings, and you're like, I don't want any part of that. I don't want feel good. You know, when life gets real, it gets real. I don't need to just wish my troubles away. I don't need to just, you know, think differently about things. That's just kind of garbage preaching, and I promise you we're not going to go there. That's not where we're headed this morning because I'm optimistic, Not based on what I feel. I'm not optimistic based on what I see. But I'm optimistic based on the good news that Jesus tells me. I'm optimistic because of some things God has to say to us. And so this morning what we've done is uh, we dove into the book of Romans. Which that's like my favorite book of the Bible. And chapter 8 which is my favorite of the favorite of the favorite. And we pulled out eight reasons that we can be optimistic. So this morning's title we're working with is Eight from Romans 8 of why we can be optimistic. So um, let's pray and then we'll jump into this. Father, (laughs) you are such a good God. And we just sang to you just a minute ago how good and wonderful you are. And sometimes, Lord, though, we just just lose sight of that. (laughs) And so, Father, just remind us. Remind us this morning, speak into our hearts, Lord, um, that, that we have reasons for hope. That if there is one thing that following Jesus Christ has for us, it is a reason for hope and optimism. And so, Father, this morning, use, use my words, make them yours. Holy Spirit, come. Please come in a, in a fresh new way and fall upon us. Lord, that you change lives, that spirit you that you heal and reconnect and restore this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. First reason I am optimistic is this. My sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Your first, sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Somebody say hallelujah, amen, something. I'm just going to keep saying that. That is absolutely the best news I can possibly think of. I mean, come on. (laughs) What else is there to be happy about? I was dead. If you understand, if you understand what starting a relationship with, with Jesus Christ means, if you've asked him into your life, that means you have secured eternal life beginning now, not later. Not at some time in the future. Not when after I die. You have secured eternal life now and you're living in it. You were dead. You're alive. Is there any better news? I don't think so. And yet, we are going to go on and find seven more reasons (laughs) that, that we can be optimistic. That's our first reason that we are optimistic this morning. The second reason we're optimistic is this. Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father praying for me. 
Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father praying for me. Romans 8.34 says this. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. How many of you have had a friend or someone in your small group that is really good at prayer? Like, when you need prayer, that's the person you go to, right? I had a friend, this is years ago when I first uh, found Jesus, and, or, or he found me, and I started coming to church. I went to a small group, and I had a friend, his name was Mark. And I was trying to buy a bakery. I was out of work, all kinds of crazy things. And we were going to small group and praying, and um, Mark decided he was, he was going to pray for me that night. Now, I'm not kidding. I mean, this guy went face down on the floor, arms spread out, and he went at it. And when I say he went at it, he delivered, it was like the Gettysburg Address of prayer. It, it was the I have a dream speech of prayer. It was so specific and beautiful and awesome. It's like every T was crossed, every I was dotted. I left that night thinking if I wasn't going to have this bakery before, Mark just changed God's mind. I was certain that that has, was what happened. It was awesome. And when you consider that if you know somebody like that, Jesus Christ himself is praying for you. That's way more awesome than even a friend like Mark. He is sitting at the right hand of God the Father going, you know what? You know what, God? It's, it's me, Jesus. And um, this guy, Brian, um, he's in a little pain right now. And he could really, could really use some help from you. And you know what? Hey, God, you know, I'm your son and everything, and I don't usually call in favors, but just this once, would you do this for me? That's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> he's praying for you just like that. If you're in Jesus Christ, he is sitting at the right hand of God the Father praying for you just like that. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic for reason number three. My future victory is greater than my present pain. <clears throat> Romans 8, 18 says this. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The Apostle James goes on to say that I can consider it pure joy, pure joy when I face a trial because that testing of faith produces perseverance. That testing of faith produces the perseverance that allows us to mature. And as we mature, we become formed like Christ. And as we become formed like Christ, we become mature as people. And the scripture says, then we are lacking nothing. Then we are lacking nothing. Nothing. And then our present problems are not even worth comparing to our future glory. We're kingdom people. We said right from the beginning, number one, if we're, we're in Christ and our sins are forgiven, that means we have been given entrance to the kingdom of heaven. And that, that can be later. That can be after we die. 
But you know what else that means? That means that we can see the kingdom breaking in in the here and now. The rule and the reign of God can break into the here and now. It can happen. The next time you pray for someone and they're healed, that is the kingdom of God breaking into the here and now. The next time someone says yes to deciding to follow Jesus, that is the kingdom of God breaking into the here and now. Your present suffering has nothing to worry about compared to the glory of the kingdom of God that we can see and that we can see sometimes even in the here and now. Fourth reason I'm optimistic. I am optimistic because my mind is filled with the peace of God. Romans 8, 6 says this, the mind governed by the flesh is dead, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The Bible even goes on to say that that this is a peace that surpasses all understanding. This is a peace that is even better than the kids are asleep, the house is clean, the chores are done, the bills are paid, I can sit on the couch and enjoy some time with my wife. It's a peace even better than that. It is a peace even better than, you know what? I'm about to retire and I've got it all taken care of. I'm going to have enough money. Everything's going to be fine. It says we can be filled with that peace. But what, what happens? We rob ourselves of that peace, don't we? I do. I know I do. I rob myself of that peace all the time. And I, and I get lost in that because, believe it or not, I procrastinate. I'm sure I'm the only one in the room that does that, right? And so when you procrastinate, you constantly have something on your mind, something you're worried about, something. It's like, oh, when am I going to find time to do this? I don't want to do that, but I, I know I've got to do that. And it robs you of your peace. And I want to get prayer one time for this and the person just said to me what if you didn't what (laughs) what if you didn't what if instead of procrastinating you said I am filled with the peace of God I have his strength and I will just start on that mountain of stuff one thing at a time because that's the only way I get it done because I'm going to get it done right Those of us who procrastinate know we get it done. We just get it done at the last minute. (laughs) What if I said I'm filled with that peace and I'm going to go ahead and just do it? God has so many wonderful things for us. If we can just make that, that flip, if we can just say, you know what? I choose to be optimistic. I choose to believe God is good. He's got good stuff for us. Fifth reason I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic because if God is for me, who can be against me? Romans 8, 32 or 31 uh, and 33 says this. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. I know 
We all have someone, whether it's at work or at home, that is constantly criticizing us. He takes every chance to to shoot us down. Nothing we do is right. And I know for some of us, we're that person in our own lives. Yeah? And that's that's not from God. But when you're in God, when you're in Jesus, you can let that stuff roll off your back, right? You can just let it go because God is for me. I have a defender. I have the only person who matters that could possibly condemn me or charge me told me, therefore, those are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. I'm good. You ever needed somebody to be there for you like that? You ever needed somebody who's just no matter what, They've got your back. Um, Back in the 80s, my my college roommate and I had a, uh, published a heavy metal magazine, okay? And uh, we we were going to be big heavy metal guys and, and, and get famous like that. And so that entailed following a lot of bands and looking like uh, a lot of bands that look like this. Yeah. So we would follow bands around, and one of the times we followed a band around, we followed them to Logan, West Virginia. If you've never been in Logan, West Virginia, I can assure you there are no heavy metal bars in Logan, West Virginia. (laughs) It is a very sleepy, quiet little town where most of the people listen to music and look like people that look like this. And so in we rolled to, I don't remember the name of the venue, looking like Motley Crue, confronted by a group of people like this. And it did not take long before the comments started. And, you know, oh, which one's the girl? And, you know, it was not just uncomfortable. I was pretty sure we were about to be in the first bar fight we'd ever both been in. And there were two of us, and there were a whole lot more of them. And I thought, oh, boy, this is not going to go well. And right about the time we were trying to decide back door or front door (laughs) how to get out of there, the band showed up. And they looked like us, and there were way more of them. And they said, hey, guys, what's up? And we said, oh, boy, are we glad you're here. <laughs> and things chilled out, and they bought everybody a drink, and everything was fine. But we really, really would not have gotten out of that by ourselves. We needed somebody to intervene. Otherwise, we, we were going to get a beating. And so <laughs> we had that person that was for us no matter what. <clears throat> Sixth reason I'm optimistic is God's Spirit helps me in my weakness. Romans 8, 24 and 26. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Being human is hard. I'm sure I don't have to tell any of you that. (laughs) There is a reason the phrase... I'm only human, exists, right? I mean, you don't even have to have 
you know, a specific weakness for something to, to find this as a reason for optimism. Just being alive sometimes is hard. You go through times when you're down. You know, the world doesn't look great. And you have a Lord that you can turn to and he'll pick you up. You may go through times when you're lonely. And the scripture says that we have a Savior who is always with us, closer than a brother. You may go through times when, when, when you're weak in something you're trying not to do. And what the Bible says about that is that when we're at our weakest, God is at his strongest. Isn't that crazy? He loves those moments where he can show off. Where when we're the weakest, he gets to be the most awesome he can possibly be. And that's when we need him the most, isn't it? And I think, you know, when, when I'm having a bad day, I can, I can still be optimistic because it's a chance to cry out to God. It's a chance to get to know him better. You know, just like if you have a spouse or a loved one or something, when you're having a hard day and you go to them and you're like, honey, I just can't, I can't do it today. And you, you come closer. You learn a little more about each other in those times. And I believe that Jesus uses these times to make us a little more like him. He, he bends us toward himself. But he bends us slowly. Because he could do this, but we'd break because we're weak. But he bends us slowly to be more like him. When we're weak, we should rejoice in that. That is a moment for great optimism because God works in that. We get, you've heard that phrase, I just want to get myself out of the way. When you've had the worst possible day ever and things are looking the bleakest and darkest and blackest and you're crying out, God, help me get through this, that's when you're out of the way. That's when you're out of the way and he can get to work. Seventh reason I'm optimistic is because of this. God is working everything in my life for good. God's working everything in my life for good. Romans 8, 28 And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. If you remember, uh, I I was talking about praying to buy a bakery. Obviously, today, I don't buy a bakery. I don't own a bakery. And I'm standing up here in front of you. And that is because even though... I was working with somebody at the federal level of the Small Business Administration trying to get a loan. It was somebody that just miraculously popped up in my mom's church. She didn't even know he was there. It looked awesome. And and for a while, it really looked like my friend Mark had changed God's mind about this. And then God shut that door. My loan was denied. And that was God shutting the door. And when my loan was denied, um, at about the same time, a congressman who had oversight to the Small Business Administration was indicted. And that was God just kind of nailing a board across that door. 
And that wasn't even enough because as that congressman was indicted, they decided that the Small Business Administration should have all of its assets frozen so that even if my little loan request (laughs) found life in there, it wouldn't matter because there was no money. So that was guy just kind of shoving a dresser (laughs) in front of the door that he had closed and then boarded over. And then the gentleman, the lawyer that I was working with to help me get the loan was actually going to write me a $50,000 check out of his personal account. He was an awesome guy. But as he contemplated writing the check, what he didn't know was that his partner was embezzling $2.5 million out of their practice. That was God bricking up the wall (laughs) in front of the dresser, in front of the board that he had nailed across the door that he had shut. But here's how this works out. See, what... Satan meant for evil, God turned around and used for good. Because at that moment, at that moment, when I was jobless, when all I knew how to do was to be a pastry chef and have a bakery, when I was so optimistic and hopeful for God to to work this out. I'm going to, this is how I'm going to make my living. This is what's going to save me. I had to turn to God and go, what now, guy? What now? What are you going to do now in my life? Because you're all I got. And that's when it changed. And that's when it changed for me. And you know what? To this day, three bakeries have come and gone in that location. Nobody can make it there. If I had purchased that bakery, I would have been probably over 45 miles away from my kids. I would have been working on Sundays. And I don't know that I would be where I am today. God takes the bad. And turns it around for his purposes. So we can be optimistic. We can be optimistic because based on Romans 8.1, our sins are forgiven. We know that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God the Father praying for us. We know that no matter what we're going through Right now, it pales in comparison with the glory of the kingdom that can break in at any moment. We know that our mind can be filled with the peace of God. We can be optimistic because whatever's happening with us, God is going to turn it around and use it for his good purposes. And those things are all great. But I think there's one last thing that can, that can just seal our optimism. So let's tell you what. Let's stand. I want us to read this together. The final securing thing. 
that I'm optimistic because is number eight. Nothing, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Let's read this. Romans 8, 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present nor in the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We look forward to you joining us next time on iTunes or at our website, www.seacoastvineyard.com.